welcome to episode 87, part one of two, Community Strong and Confident as Ever. I'm not your bait, but rather a projection of your own securities. We are going to explain gaslighting, narcissism, and manipulation all in one today, guys. I've broken this into a two-part series just because I feel that there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot coming up. Um, different levels of this stuff, but I hope you guys enjoy these episodes. And yeah, I'm going to post a whole bunch of stuff in the show notes uh, down below. So make sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast. And obviously, if you need any links, they're going to be there. Hope you guys love the episode. Guys, and welcome back to the Creative Influencer Podcast, where we chat about living as the most epic version of yourself, being an entrepreneur, personal development goals, mom hustle, and starting a new life over as a single boss babe. Listen, life is way too short to sweat the small stuff, and living your life as the most intentional and exceptional version of you is the only way to achieve your dreams. I'm your girl, Amanda, an entrepreneur and goal-obsessed hustler in personal development, business, and fitness. So if that is your vibe, too, then we are going to be besties. I freaking love sharing my goals, my ideas, business successes to help you achieve your goals you want as a high achiever. My growth is the reason that I started this podcast, and I am just like anyone else. Sometimes I didn't believe enough in what I could truly accomplish in life. So let's dive into this episode, grab some notepads, some pens, and your heart and your mind to fill with some really good stuff. Okay, okay so before we get started into another episode, which I'm so excited to share, I want to share some news and exciting things about the latest and greatest courses have officially launched and they're so freaking good. They're filled with great content and value and I cannot wait to see you there in class. The RB High Achiever course has been on my heart for so long and I'm so beyond happy to be able to deliver this course for everyone. So make sure to head over to the website rbfurnitureshop.com forward slash courses or check out my link in the details of this podcast. I'll post it there. It's up on our bio. We cannot wait to see you. What a perfect time of the year. We're wrapping up the end of the year. It's going to be starting 2024. And this is the perfect time in order to hop on and take this course to be able to deliver some high achievements and results for 2024. Can't wait to see you guys there. And welcome back to part two, episode 88. We are talking about projecting insecurities, narcissism, manipulation, gaslighting, all the stuff on the previous episode. I wanted to kind of split it into like a two-part series because I thought that it was more positive to start out with some examples of like affirmations, kind of like where it got me here, why we're talking about this. We're talking about how this affects us personally, how this affects us in business, because it's not just about being in a relationship with somebody. You can have manipulation that happens uh, in a work environment. You can have it in a professional environment. You can have it in a volunteering environment. I talked a lot about in part one about this, how I was previously the yes lady. I would say 
yes to everything. And I'm definitely going to be doing another podcast where it talks about why that is for me. Um, a lot of my personal development work and just kind of like what my journey is and where I have sort of been on for like this discovery of me, it definitely goes back to a lot of childhood stuff um, that I'm starting to recognize now where when I was a little kid, I was definitely the kid um, that would seek affirmations and like love and acceptance and all of that stuff by doing things for other people. And I recognize that now where I have to be aware of it because I have the tendency of just saying yes to everything and hating everything (laughs) afterwards. So, you know, I definitely want to have more understanding of that and just being aware when you're in situations specifically I feel because I speak a lot through this through sort of like the lens of a mom I have three kids and a lot of the times we're asked to volunteer we're also like as moms like I have three kids that means like three humans that need laundry done it means three humans that need to be fed myself as well as like my parents I look at like it's all the stuff so you know I know when you're a busy mom, and it doesn't matter if you have three kids or if you have one kid, or you have 10 kids, or you have 100 kids, it is all just a lot of work. Like, when people that don't have kids, I'm sure that they fill their time. I don't even remember what my time was. I had kids when I was pretty young, so I don't even remember what time was like before having kids. But now it's just like, it's important. Like, my time is really valuable. It takes a lot to run the ship of parenthood, and especially when you're leading from a place of, you know, being authentic and trying to make sure that you're getting in deeply connected relationships with your kids. So it's a lot. It's a lot to do laundry. It's a lot to go grocery shopping. I mean, honestly, like every time I go grocery shopping, I feel like with the kids and I come home and the the fridge is literally full. It's full of food. And the amount of humans that live in this house that open it up and say that there's nothing in there. I don't know if they're just blinded by the fact that they have, like, their lenses on. (laughs) Like, I don't know. But, yeah, it's a lot. So I feel like I don't know if it's just, like, a teenage thing where all of a sudden they just, like, open the fridge and then they can't see anything if it's not, like, prepared for them. So, um, yeah, parenthood, it's a lot. It's a lot to manage. And we often just take on more than what we're capable of doing because I believe that we have a hard time with saying no. So we all got to get better at that. And maybe that's not the case for you. If it is, then scroll on through this episode. But if you feel like you are the person that says yes to everything and you combine that into relationships where people start to take advantage of that. So we're going to talk more specifically about gaslighting, about narcissism. We're going to talk about manipulation. And they're all kind of connected in to one another. We talk a lot. I feel like a lot of conversation that comes up um, talks more about manipulation and gaslighting. Gaslighting is a big one. I, th- I feel like we just have kind of blown that out of like even maybe out of its context recently. But um I always try to use examples of this because these podcasts are always recorded a little bit on the whim. Like I always have 
like a library full of stuff that I can go back and uh, like I've pre-recorded. I'm a little, I've been a little shy on the pre-recordings because the summer was really busy and it's hard. So I think 2024, I got to get, you know, dialed into making sure that my library is like really stocked with content and doing more recordings in the off season, meaning like spring and fall, because I have found that I've fallen a little bit behind with uh, providing content on a regular basis just because we get so busy at the store and with projects in the summertime because we're such a seasonal business here in Muskoka being from like May till October. But yeah, that said, with these examples, I always try to use real life situations. And this popped up for me, which has made it like a two part series because I felt that it was just worthy of trying to break this down. So I'm a mom, I've got three kids. I am uh, separated, almost divorced, and that's going to feel amazing when that's all finalized and done. Um, it was a beautiful time, had three beautiful kids, but now moving on and starting to like date other people and getting into relationships and like honestly, that's been a little bit of an adjustment. So just speaking about that for a little bit. So you're talking to the girl where I had really not had a lot of exposure with dating. Like, to be honest, haven't really had a lot of exposure with dating. I can count on my hand the amount of guys that I've actually dated when I was in school. I was always working. I was poor. I was like a poor, poor person when I was growing up and going to college. So um, I just like had to work all the time. and I didn't have a lot of time for relationships and dating and all that stuff. So this is like new version of Amanda. She's in her 40s and now like trying to figure it all out and you know, you guys are coming along on this podcast with me for the journey. And anyways, yes, it's like such a big thing out there with manipulation. And I feel that this isn't just with like dating, but I just mean with like relationships, like because my conversation, again, my circle of people tends to not be like, I have lots of married friends. I got lots of married friends, but I also have a lot of single friends or I have a lot of friends that are in now new relationships because, you know, I feel like when you were married and now you're not, and then often you're married and then you have relationships like through your kids or whatever. And then some of those relationships now and we've also like I've had to move and things and like stuff and so I've kind of disconnected a little bit from some of my OG married friends not to say that we're not friends anymore it's just life has sort of popped up and to be fair I've been really busy and been traveling been doing the thing so maybe it's a little hard to relate to me because I don't know just this new version of Amanda I'm sure like they're all cheering me on, hopefully positively, like, you know, with positive affirmation, like all the stuff, but just the circle of conversation, which for me, it's like research and development. I tell you, you want to go online, online dating. It is like mental therapy. You want to go, you could literally, I could create so much content just with having conversation with online dating and this is just because I feel like I'm I'm so good personal development wise. Like I've dialed in, I've been doing all this stuff, working on all things. And I go on, I start having conversations with people. And I, we're not even talking about like dating. This is just like open conversation, like even just through like a text message or some type of platform message. And it's it's a place. It is a place 
for sure. So yeah, this is how that popped up. This is why we're creating the content for this podcast today, um, specifically for, I think because this is like really through the lens of exes. It's through the lens of people that are using manipulation to their power can work both ways. I've seen it, male and female. And even somebody that was very close to me, I'm not going to get into this on this episode, but somebody that was very, very close to me was extremely manipulated, um, extremely manipulated in a relationship. So toxic, like so toxic, like And I think when he was in the relationship with this person, he didn't even realize when he was in it how toxic it was. And very, very, very clear that it was a female on the other side of it, like using a lot of manipulation, a lot of narcissistic behavior to empower herself for the justification for really treating somebody poorly which has got me kind of thinking too where it's like if you feel that the objective of a relationship is to make somebody feel terrible to empower yourself then my friends you need to go and get yourself some help you need to go get yourself some deep therapy you need to go leave that relationship but if you're in a relationship with that it's like immediately that's so toxic it's so toxic that you're behaving and trying to control somebody in that perspective. So my advice to you and my like advice to anybody, if you're in that type of relationship, you need, just you need to leave. You need to leave. And it's OK. And I think that for this particular example of this person, when he was in uh, this relationship, he was so sad. He was very unhappy. Um, and it ultimately just ended in complete tragedy, complete loss um, for that. So I've seen it like, I, I mean, seen it both hands. And I think that, you know, again, manipulation can come in any form. It can come in small little microdoses and it can come in really, really heavy, you know, large doses. And it doesn't, it just, it, this podcast and why we're talking about that is just really to become more aware, more aware of the things that you're surrounding yourself, more around sort of like when it's happening. I feel that I'm a really dialed in person and I have just recently been extremely manipulated, like to the point where I was asking staff, I'm like, do you think that this is okay? Do you think it's okay when a guy says that you should like change your shirt or not wear that color, like things like that. And that is actually like a live actual question. Yes. There was somebody that had said to me, I was, and it was a, it was a t-shirt. Like it wasn't an inappropriate, like shirt that it was revealing or like you're at it was literally the color of a shirt and this person had made a comment to me about how they didn't like that color and how and to change it and I was so taken back by that comment but that's what it is guys that's 2023 dating for you and you know here I am I've been in marriage like 16 years and now we're going on to like what's your favorite color question and I don't like the color of your shirt And I'm sitting there thinking, and the shirt that I was wearing, by the way, guys, just to dial in on that for a second, the shirt that I was actually wearing, it was football Sunday. I have no idea about the NFL, but I have one t-shirt. It is the Jets. It's green. 
And I wear it on Sundays because I just don't know. I want to represent the NFL. And here I am. And yeah, and that person had asked me to change the shirt. And I was like, what? It's like jeans and a t-shirt. Like, it was cute. I was rocking it. It was fine. What's up with that? Crazy. It was crazy. Never been in a relationship like that before or had a comment like that before. So for me... I was like, whoa, like that's so crazy. It was very, um, it was very interesting to see that some like person's perspective on it because they really felt that that was the right thing to say. And by the way, guys, and I'm again, from my lens, this is from a female lens. It is never okay, guys, for you to ask your person, partner, your date to go change what they're wearing. Unless they are wearing a clown suit to your grandma's funeral, never a reason for you to say. Like, it never, ever, ever a reason. Like, number one dating piece of advice, like, don't ask your date to change what they're wearing. Like, they look great all the time. And if you don't find that cute or you don't find that kind of quirky about, like, what they do or what they wear, like... Again, circling back, episode number one, what did I talk about? If you are asking your partner to change right away in the first like 30, 60, 90 day cycles of relationship, you shouldn't be in a relationship with that person. Like that person's just not a fit. So I'm going to wear and represent my New York Jets green t-shirt every Sunday from now until eternity just because I feel like wearing it and again I'm like I'm and I'm also like a sports fan like I like I'm one of those like Swifty fans like I have no idea what's going on I'm like in good faith like I want to represent like I want to know what's going on but I'm totally a bandwagon you know I don't know what all the players are I have zero knowledge and information and retain zero information about that stuff so I just like I thought it was a cute shirt to wear on a Sunday and then um this person said that you know you should change because of the color. And I was like, what? That doesn't even make sense for me. But here we go. Last episode, I started off with reference to a girl band, Dixie Chicks. They wrote um, the song. I don't know if you remember, but it was Gaslighter. I think it's Gaslighter. And it's not the Dixie Chicks anymore. It's just the Chicks, right? I think I'm right on this. So... They wrote this song, and I feel like they explained it so well, like they did. They explained it so freaking well by—and they're also, like, a bunch of completely badass moms and entrepreneurs. I'm not sure exactly what happened on, like, their the breakup of this particular song. It definitely sounds like it was a husband and, like, gaslighting and whatever, and I can totally see that. Like, I can totally see that from examples, and especially when you go through separation. Like, people get nasty. They get nasty, and it's so easy. It's so easy to be reactive to that. It's so much harder to not be reactive to it. When somebody tries to irritate you, provoke you, all the stuff, it's so much easier to dial in and get to their level and, you know, fire back. And I've, I've seen it. I've seen it with my friends and relationships. I, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself, too. Um, I really try hard now where it's like, go back to the three Fs, fair, friendly, firm. Like, is this worth an argument? Likely not. Keep it to email correspondence because it just takes the emotional aspect away from things. Um, and it, that, that's what I do as a management tool because I feel that it's just easier to dial in and just be 
clear and concise with that, you know, versus being reactive to it. But if people are looking for anybody that sends somebody something with a reactive tone to it is looking for a reaction, for sure, 100%. So not sure what had happened with the song Gaslighter, but like able to connect, understand that for sure. And I think when you need, you need to, people in general, need to stop using manipulation as a form of control for your partners. Like, stop. Stop, stop, stop. If you are using that as a form of control for your partner, then you really need to be able to have better communication skills with your partner so that you're both setting some boundaries. Like, all the work you got to do, the work that's involved prior to getting to that point. Manipulation is really just like the cop-out. It's the cheap man's version of, you know, an expensive... I don't know, line. <laughs> like, it's it's just the cheap man's version. Like, that's what gaslighting is exactly. So here we go. I feel that the, the gaslighting itself, it is the definition or term. It's the act or practice of grossly misleading someone, especially for one's own advantage. Gaslighting is a form of psychological abuse where a person causes someone to question their sanity their memories, or perception of reality. People, the victims of gaslighting situations, often feel that they're confused, that they're anxious, or they're unable to trust themselves. And that's typically what a gaslighter will do. So typically they'll come in and they will take a situation, and it's built up slowly, like slowly over time. It's not always that in, in this particular situation where I have run into an experience with one person where it was sort of like chipped away at like a little bit, a little bit, every little conversation is just a little bit where it starts to really have you question your own insecurities. And that's what they do, right? They try to get in there and target things because that is their way that they're going to control. So if you feel that you are a victim of gaslighting, I would really start to question, you know, whether or not like when you're in conversation, if things are, you know, picked apart, right? Like if you're a person that you're in, you know, having a conversation with, if they are starting to be nitpicky on like little things, where they then try to convert the situation over where they're really trying to question, you know, you. That's definitely gaslighting that is happening during, you know, that uh, situation. And sometimes you don't even realize that it's happening when you're in the conversation or you're in the relationship um, with somebody because it just happens in such small little micro doses. They're really good at it. The term gaslighting itself actually comes, um, it was from a play um, there's the film, I think it was like 1944, if my research serves me right here, and it's called Gaslight. And it's where the husband tries to manipulate his wife into thinking that she has a mental illness. So it's like from that, you know, we've all like there's been lots of movies that, you know, people have tried to convince them like or they're convinced themselves that they're sick, you know, that they just like they're fed and fed and fed. And, you know, I feel like sometimes like um, I don't know why I reference this, but it's like a parents that have, you know, pretended that they've had a sick child or something like that. It, it's that that would be a form of gaslighting and manipulation in its in itself. Um, it works by slowly breaking down the person's trust in themselves. That's essentially what what gaslighting at its root is doing. And 
it really can can work well from the gaslighter itself, especially when the victim feels that the bullier is a trustworthy person. So that typically could happen, you know, from situations of like a parent or, you know, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, like someone where you have a huge amount of trust in because those are the people that, you know, you believe in. So they're they're honestly and and I've had that even from a parenting form where growing up, um, you know, my mom, I didn't have the most healthiest relationship with. Um, we like she really struggled. She really, really struggled, um, especially with a lot of I feel, you know, mental health issues that were popping up that weren't as widely spoken about as what they were, you know, now. I think things like depression, things with alcoholism really severely affected her. So the way for her to gain back control would often be in others trying to gaslight or manipulate situations because that was her way of gaining back the power. So using examples of this that I like, I don't want to, you know, trying to use like real life examples, but when I was a kid and, you know, growing up, um, yeah, there would be, be a lot of times where, you know, my mom would be drinking quite heavily and, my dad was away. So my dad like worked offshore. He was on, on an oil rig and he would be away a lot of the time. So when he would come back home, the story that would play out would definitely be in a way where she would sort of explain to like him things didn't happen in the same perspective as what like we had saw it through like for kids. Meaning that it was quite you know, it got quite bad, especially in certain situations where, um, you know, like I would come home from school and, um, you know, I remember her being so drunk and she was just passed out on the couch. And I wasn't sure if she was dead or alive when I was like there. I was like, I, I remember being like, I probably would have been like maybe like 11 or 12 years old. And I remember like walking in and thinking like, is she dead? Like, is there a dead person on the couch? And at that particular time, I had to call 911 and it was actually, it was actually 999 in the UK. Um, yeah. And like having to go through that and like having the ambulance come and like take away her parent and she had to have her stomach pumped and it was all this stuff. And I remember being like, it was so traumatizing, like as a kid. And, and at the time you were just like, that was my version of reality. Like when you're 10, 12 or like whatever, whatever years old and that situation has happened, you just think that that's normal. You just think that that's normal. That was a normal way to live. That's a normal life. This is what y'all are doing. You know, we're all coming home. Mom, like this is the moms of the world and that's what's happening. So from a very early age, for me, I was exposed to a lot of people that could be in use like using manipulation as to empower for themselves. So, um, 
yeah, and that she ended up being okay and uh, came home. But how she played that story out to my dad was a very different uh, side and lens um, of where, you know, and then trying to gain back control, um, you know, with me. And especially when it would come, you know, to situations like later down the road, you know, with, with her. So I've never actually, uh, share that story, but there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff. I feel like a kid growing up in Scotland, there was definitely a lot of alcoholism. And I know that I am not the only one that grew up in an environment like that. There was a lot of kids, like there were a lot of us kids that grew up like that. And I just think now, like, I think to like for my kids and like what they grew up and what they're exposed to and like probably one of the reasons why I wanted to have kids and like bake banana bread and make sure that there was a hot meal on the table and like be there for them and do all the stuff and be the yes person and like volunteer and do all the stuff. It was because I never had that when I was growing up. I never had that. Like my, my mom would show up drunk to parent teacher night. Like that was my childhood growing up. And probably one of the reasons why I'm such a gritty person, like such a gritty person in life, because I've always had to just take care of myself. And, you know, there have been times where like, I've had to live out of my car, like I've, I've actually had to live out of my car. I've lived in mechanical rooms, like I was so poor that I didn't have rent. So money, like, like I've been in really, really dire situations, especially like growing up and being a kid and then been in really positive situations too, where it's like, I've worked really hard. I've been able to live in like really luxurious houses, like all the stuff. But when people refer to, to me where they're like, oh, she's so strong. She's so this, it's because it was born out of a circumstance. Like that was the environment that created me. And being exposed to all of this and, and knowing, you know, what gaslighting, especially when it comes in a parent form, what that can feel like to a child and also what it can feel like years down the road as they then become, for me, what it has turned into is definitely becoming the yes person. So some examples, and these are not all of them, but in a relationship, more of a relationship where it would be a romantic relationship, um, like that honeymoon period is definitely where there's no behavior, which would happen. Slowly starts to trickle in, you know, after that. Um, countering is one example of gaslighting. And that's when someone questions a person's memory. If you've ever had the situation where they're like, no, I never said that. You must be losing your marbles. You know, you must have not have heard me right. Or no, I didn't say it. It was this way. Are you forgetting what really happened? There are examples of that. When you start to counter or experience that where they're like, then you start to question your own, like, did I, did I hear that right? Did I not hear that right? So that's one form of, you know, just different types of gaslighting. Another one would be withholding. This is when someone involves pretending that they don't understand the conversation or refusing to listen or make like a person, like when you start to doubt yourself. For example, they might say something like, oh my gosh, like now you're just confusing me. I don't know what you're talking about. And I would say that sometimes those examples are, you know, I had an example example the other day where 
it was justification for something where it's like, well, you're not using this, so that's okay for me to do it. And it's not okay. It's not okay for you to justify just because that person isn't like it's not okay. But they're manipulative behaviors where you start to like expose. And often when you're in a relationship, it's really hard for you to see because they don't come like again, they come sort of come in like these little micro doses. And you just want to be aware. And Again, I'm speaking from the side of being exposed, like this is what's happened to me, but these could be examples that maybe you're doing this to another person and you have no idea. Or you do have an idea and that you're controlling power within that person, but really it's not from a source of love and joy. It's from a source of, you know, trying to own somebody. Another example would be when you're... um, going through like denial. Denial involves a person refusing to take responsibility for their actions. This may, they like, they might do something, um, I'm trying to think of an example, like pretending to forget something, an event that happened, or saying that they didn't do it at all, or they're blaming their behavior on somebody, you know, something else or some other circumstance that has happened, you know, using the example that I just gave you. Um, this person had actually come to my house and they were using something that they knew fully well that it was like a very like off exclusive thing um, and using it to their own advantage, right? They're using it. They're actually eating this product. It was a really expensive product. And then when I questioned them to say, oh, like, hey, by the way, I had noticed that you used all of ABC, um, knowing that it was like, you know, quite expensive. And they had said, well, yeah, that's okay because you weren't using it anyways. It's like, well, actually, <laughs> actually, um, I was the person that bought that. And um, actually, one of the boundaries that I would have would be, hey, that's okay for you to use it if you asked or if, you know, we had an agreement or something like that in place. But you can't justify that by saying, it's okay for you to do it just because it's there. It's like saying that, well, I stole the money because it's out there and nobody else was taking it. So it was mine because I saw it. <laughs> like that's just, it's just a form of gaslighting to explain. So justifying your behavior that way is, a, a, when it comes to denial like that, would be one form of gaslighting. Diverting is another one. So that is also a technique when a person changes the focus of a discussion. So by questioning the other person's credibility, for example, they might say, you know, something like, oh, my gosh, that's just crazy. You read that like somewhere. It's not real. You know, you're just making that up where they're diverting, I guess, really the responsibility from where they're you're trying to question them on. And that's what it it all really circles to, right? If somebody is not able to hear your perspective or your idea or your concern, it's like, well, that is a boundary that you're breaking, you know, and you need to be aware of that. Um, And lastly, these are just some ideas and some examples that I have, but stereotyping. A person may use, like, intentionally use negative stereotypes about someone else's gender, race, you know, sexuality, nationality, or age to gaslight them. So, for example, 
you know, if somebody says something with regards to that, no one will believe her if she files a report on abuse because she is a woman and she is of a certain character or she is of this or she is of that. Um, so when people start to use gender, race, sexuality, like whatever that is, as a reason to justify things, that would be, you know, fall into that kind of stereo, you know, typing category. And it's just definitely something to be aware of. So that's sort of gaslighting kind of explained. I hopefully I explained that in a way where um, it's sort of like it relates into a lot of manipulation. There's a lot of manipulation tools that people use for gaslighting situations. Um, but it's become a very trendy term to talk about. Um, and on the, I say would be the next scale up or the next level would be narcissism. So we've heard narcissism used a lot lately. Like, you're so narcissistic. He's so, that what, like, that's such narcissistic behavior. Um, it's been talked a lot. I feel a lot of hype up on social media, blogs, and videos. And more people, more than ever now, are trying to identify like narcissists I feel like in their social circles I I didn't really know the root of a narcissist or narcissistic behavior until a couple of years ago when I knew a person really well and he began to talk a lot about the relationship that he was in and how he felt that it was in a very narcissistic cloud and for me, I was like, I hear that word a lot. I don't really understand, though, what it actually truly means. Like we hear and I feel like it's just such a it's such a like a level. It's such an extreme level of manipulation when you have narcissistic. That That's what I had sort of just envisioned in my head. And it is it like for a narcissism a personality trait to be characterized, it's by an excessive sense of their own self-importance and a more intense need for admiration and a lack of empathy towards others. So those are really like the key things when it comes to narcissistic behaviors versus like gaslighting or manipulation. Like narcissists definitely have those three things where a self of like self sense of importance and a, an over the top need for admiration and lack of empathy towards others. A healthy level of self-confidence is completely normal. But I think when you recognize a true trait of a narcissist, because I feel like that term is just like thrown around so much, it's so loosely, like they're so narcissistic, you know, people will say that, but a true narcissist will have those, typically those three behavior points. And interesting enough, interesting enough, down the tinder rabbit hole i go not that hard to find <laughs> not that hard to find narcissistic uh behavior personality disorders that are definitely there so i had recently had the pleasure of meeting um somebody and yes never really been exposed to a true narcissist ever in my life before i would say like even when I was going through stuff with like a kid and growing up and like 
there was alcoholism and stuff like that. It really wasn't narcissistic behavior. Like, it wasn't a true narcissistic behavior that I was exposed to. It was some manipulation and gaslighting, but not narcissistic. Narcissistics are definitely, like, self-important, like, making sure that their own self-sense of importance and the need for admiration, definitely, thousand times, and the empathy. The empathy is a big part with narcissists, especially with their behavior, is that they really lack that. They really lack the engagement of, you know, when they hurt other people, that they often, like, will flip it over and justify it because they deserved it, or that is what was, you know, sort of the, the, their own demise. Like, the, the, it's like they will justify, you know, their behavior because that is what needs to be done and really have a lack of empathy. So that that's a real key uh, thing that's there. So I've never really been really exposed to a narcissist until recently, like it was just a couple months ago, and met this person, fine and dandy, and lo and behold, yeah, definitely could see a lot of key warning signs with that. And again, ladies, when we're talking, and gents too, ladies and gents, like because it come worth, I've seen people, males and females, both on the narcissistic scale, like side of things. So it doesn't work. But again, through my lens, this particular person was a male. Um, and yeah, it's interesting to see how they form like a message or how they word their language into certain things so that they justify their behavior as acceptable and almost make it feel like you become the problem. So it got me down the Google rabbit hole where I wanted to look more deeply into just different traits of a narcissist because, again, I think the term's kind of thrown around a little loosely out there. So number one, we're going to start off with um, is grandiosity. Narcissist often poses an inflated sense of self-worth and they believe that they're special, unique or entitled to special treatment. Very much so. And when I say this, like this is ballooned up. It's like the over the top, over the top where they definitely feel that they're the most important person in the room. They're the most important person in life. They honestly and truly believe that they are entitled to special treatment on a regular basis because that is the way that they value their self-worth. So when you see that, it's not always the f not, not always the form of a narcissist, but it definitely tends to be one of the most common traits that do happen. Number two would be the need for admiration. Seeking constant praise for admiration and validation is a hallmark trade. Honestly, hallmark trade. After all, narcissists, can, they crave attention and approval from others to maintain their self-esteem. So very much so like with the they having this presence of this big, grand, big personality, but also like the need for admiration all the time. The need for admiration that they're so great and they've done this in their career and, you know, and, and that's great to have confidence and confidence and courage and, you know, all of the things. But it's when you're constantly wanting to have your tires pumped all the time, you start to look and you think like, yeah, that's great. We did. But here's what I'm doing over here. And if you can't recognize anybody else but yourself, I'm afraid to say that you might then be the problem. Number three 
would be the lack of empathy. It's a big thing for narcissists. And the difference, I think, between regular old manipulation and just gaslighting behavior, where it's the empathy key. They really have difficulty with empathizing um, feelings and experiences of others. And narcissists struggle to understand and care about the emotions of those around them. I feel that this is very, it's it's very sad. It's very sad. It's very sad when you can see it firsthand. And in this particular uh, situation, um, a person that I had been exposed to, they were uh, in a relationship, it was a personal relationship, and they were clearly hurting this person, like very much so. And as an outsider looking in, you could tell that, you know, they didn't recognize that they were hurting this particular person. And behaving still in a way that would hurt this particular person, but justifying it for, you know, their their need just for admiration and, you know, and they were such an important person. But in in the unfortunate part of things is that the person that they were hurting was really the victim. Like they they were the victim. But yet this this particular person felt that they they were the, the victim. And I don't want to use like too many deep examples, but it was very clear. Like it was very clear when you're talking to this person, you're like, well, if you're hurting somebody, like, you know, maybe you should try to, but they didn't justify it that way. They were just like, their behavior was justified because it was everybody else's problem except for them, you know? And I think that that's one of the key things. Like if somebody has a problem with you or you, it's like, it's always just takes, just take a moment, take a moment. Let's reflect. Let's look from within. Let's look from within. Were you part of that? Could you have been? Could you put yourself in the other person's shoes? So really identifying that narcissistic behavior is they definitely have a lack of empathy and have a hard time. Like it's like, you can almost tell that their brain is disconnected from that wire almost like but again, I'm not a therapist and I'm not practicing or preaching over here with anything. I'm just I'm literally have gone on the Internet and Googled some things. Um, but being exposed to different types of this, you could definitely tell that they had a hard time with connecting the dots to that particular you know, situation. And maybe sometimes, you know, we're just so over the top like and I think maybe with narcissists this is what happens like they're so over the top they're always focusing on so many other things that just dialing in and putting yourself in somebody else's perspective is helpful it's just it's helpful it's helpful to know you know what you're doing to your friends just taking a moment and reflecting on that seeing how they feel it's called compassion <laughs> you know and sometimes yeah I think we can all I'll be better at that. Okay, so next up, number four, is the sense of entitlement. Mm, man, yeah. Narcissists believe that they deserve special treatment, privileges, recognition without putting any effort forward. I mean, that that's pretty pretty obvious. Like, you have somebody that has a big personality, feels that they're never the problem, they're always the solution, and they always feel like they need special treatment all the time. I, I mean, definitely, these are not uh, personalities that I typically have like in my friend circle and I think that that was like this most interesting part for me because I don't have I don't I have so many great friends I have so many great colleagues so many work people professional relationships coaches friends colleagues people I met on top of mountains I've never really been exposed to somebody that was a big giant life dick <laughs> like that was, like 
haven't really because my people are always running with like trying to make everybody else in the room the brightest diamond that can shine, you know? So when you are exposed to a different side of that, it I find found for this particular example, it was very interesting for me because I had never been exposed to that because those tend to not be the people that run in my circle and you are the closest people that you surround. So you're a reflection of your, your, I forget who said, I think it was Stephen Covey. I think that said that it's like, anyways, don't quote me on that, but you are the reflection, right? Of your five closest friends, five closest people that you spend the most amount of time with. So you are a reflection of them. That's why I keep on talking so much about CrossFit. I'm always there. It makes sense to me. I'm We're a reflection of the five closest people that we spend the most amount of time with. Okay, so next up is uh, explode, like explosive behavior. Taking advantage of others for personal gain is a telltale sign. For example, narcissists may manipulate or exploit relationships relationships to fulfill their own needs it kind of circles back into you know having that sense of entitlement so when their behavior you know coincides with that too where if they're taking examples and then trying to blow things up it definitely is you know a sign number six is envy and jealousy jealousy so among uh, narcissists they have the feeling uh, they're envious towards other people's success or achievements. I mean, that is common, right? It's common because they always want to be the person that walks into the room and they, the biggest grand, they want to have special privileges, they want to have, and they have a hard time recognizing anybody else's accomplishments, like anything. Anybody else's accomplishments are not as big as them because they've done it, they've seen it, they've, you know, got the medal that's bigger grand, like they've done it all. They're what I would consider uncoachable with that mindset, you know, like that type of personality where it's like, if you always feel that you're the best in the room, that is definitely a huge problem, which leads me to number seven, which is arrogance. So displaying like condescending attitude and belittling others, like their characteristics, all the stuff, they constantly seek opportunities to showcase their support like superiority it links back in right it's like they always want they're jealous they're envious they have arrogance towards anybody else that could possibly do something bigger or better than them it's not the case it's you know they would definitely be in denial of that it's all of the things um because they're so freaking special here's the thing is that nobody is really that special nobody is really that special in life and even the greatest greats don't feel that they're that special. Not certainly not with that mindset. Number eight is preoccupation with their appearance. Excessive focus on external factors to boast, you know, their self-esteem. So constantly, you know, seeking admiration for, you know, what they look like. They're so good looking. They're so this, like they're the 
perfection of perfect to them with their reflection in the mirror. But the crazy part is, is that what they are reflecting back is all like literally all of these nine things that I've said to you. There's not one thing that's actually a nice kind like trait that you'd want to have on there. But in their mind that they feel that that is a true reflection of beauty is, you know, when you're just the perfect, you're the perfect package, you're perfect. No imperfections would ever be shown. So, and lastly, and this is my favorite, is boundary violations. Oh my gosh, who would have thought? Lack of respect for people's personal boundaries is apparent. Narcissists, they invade other people's privacy, they disregard their wishes. Um, it's just very obvious, right? It's very obvious that they are the type of person that feels that they are the perfect 10. They don't really have a lot of time for anybody else. They're jealous. They're envious. They have a lot of arrogance. They really feel my, I think my granny would say it's that they feel that, what would she, like she would say, they she really feel I'm gonna swear she would feel that like their shit doesn't stink you know kind of thing that's their thing right like they would they believe that they are just the perfect version of perfect and everything and all that they do and nobody is better than them and one of the greatest things that we have like especially in personal development and coaching and talking about things is that you know to be able to have a mindset where you grow from and lead from and empower people from is to understand other people. It's to grow with them. It's to understand them, to have a true great leader wants to be able to develop people, not, you know, sit on top and feel that they're the king of the castle and everybody is beneath them. No great leader or person that was of influential, like positive power in history, throughout history, has really had any success having narcissistic tendencies like what will happen is ultimately they'll be consumed by their own demise so that's a little bit of breakdown about narcissism about narcissists in general this is a very long podcast and I hope you guys have found it informative because I know that when I was like running into situations like this I was like girl what is happening what is going on like I need to break this down I need to understand um when you run into somebody or somebody comes along it's like oh I'm not the problem I'm not the problem it's them they're the problem they've got all this stuff I talk about boundaries a lot because I feel that boundaries are such a big thing. Boundaries are so crucial, guys. Like, they're so crucial. You got to set some boundaries. You got to boundaries with your kids, boundaries with your parents. We got the holidays that are coming up, Thanksgiving. Everything is happening. Set some boundaries and allow yourself some respect for that. And don't care about how you're hurting other people's feelings by setting your boundary when you lay it out in advance. If you do not want to go to a certain place, you know, time or whatever, you have a boundary that you can only do this, that, or the other thing. Like, set it out. Set the clear intention. You fair, friendly, firm. You don't need to be rude about it. People need to respect what those are. There is a great book. It's called um, The Book of Boundaries, and it's by Melissa Urban. Great read, and it talks a lot about uh, setting boundaries. Okay, so lastly, I just wanted to touch base about manipulation. It's very different in the form of narcissistic behavior. Narcissistic behavior is like the extreme, the extreme, um, you know, version of that, and it definitely comes 
you know, from a place where there's a lot more, a lot more characteristics and a lot more things that are going on. And again, guys, I'm not a therapist. I'm not, um, I'm not educated in any, you know, shape, way or form other than just being exposed to things, trying to do some research myself and doing a ton of development on personal development. I mean, like I've been coach for the past like 10 years and have um, just found it really interesting to be on this personal growth journey for myself and learning as I go, especially when it comes to encountering encountering people um, along my way where, you know, sitting down and having a conversation with a narcissist. Hey, I think that's important for us all to see. So manipulation is a little bit different. Manipulation itself is behavior that's driven by the goal of exploiting or controlling another personal for your own personal gain. It can be a very effective way to get what you want. It can also be very dangerous too. Manipulators tend to control your actions and your thoughts. And it's important to be aware of the signs of manipulation. So you can protect yourself and you can spot it like easily on. If you've ever felt, I feel like the best way to to describe this is if you've ever felt like something is off in a close relationship or it's like a casual encounter or being pressured or controlled, even if you feel like you're questioning yourself more than usual, it could be a form of manipulation. Manipulation in itself is an emotionally unhealthy, like psychological strategy used by people who are incapable of asking for what they want and need in a direct way. So people who are trying to manipulate others are trying to control others generally. Spotting some common manipulation tactics, manipulative people tend to use like common common things. And, and like here are just a couple of things that they tend to do. Guilt tripping is one of them. Guilt tripping is when somebody tries to make you feel guilty or responsible for your actions or decisions. Guilt trips often involve us using something like one person did as leverage to get what they want. It, you know, different, different ways to guilt trip people have definitely been linked into, you know, being manipulative in, in behavior. And again, these are just examples that I'm using. It's not uh, It's not always the case. Lying is another form um, where people have manipulative tendencies and they often try to lie or control or, you know, coax others into, um, you know, that situation or they'll blame other people for their actions. An example of this would be like a teenager who's told they're, they're not allowed to hang out with a particular group and they might lie about their whereabouts. Or they might lie to a parent, um, you know, and kids are guilty of this all the time. Like kids, kids are guilty of they're testing the boundaries. Like when you're when you're a child and you're growing up and, you know, you're going to push those boundaries. You're going to go out there. And, you know, I know I did. I know I pushed my boundaries to the very extreme. I was definitely the kid that was um trying all kinds of different things <laughs> I was trying trying all kinds of different things and testing I'm sure all of my parent uh you know boundaries and that just can be it, it typically again it's you know having when it's manipulative like that you know kids will definitely t- tend to um encounter those a little bit more than others flattery is another uh form as well, it's hard to tell the difference between a compliment and flattery. Compliment is given um, to point out somebody something like positive with no the no ex 
expectation of like a gain from it. But flattery is often used to gain emotional leverage, right? So there's a difference with that. If you're giving somebody a compliment that I always try to do this. By the way, guys, this is like such a nice thing to do. At least one time a day, I will tell somebody something positive that I have, you know, seen or heard from them. Like, hey, like your hair looks really great today. Or hey, I really love that song that you just picked. Or hey, like, thanks so much. Like you really brightened up this comment. Like just one little thing can make such a big difference for people. So that is a compliment. I have no intention to gain something on the other side of that. But flattery can come sometimes when it's used in manipulation from the perspective that you say something to gain something for yourself, right? It's an emotional leverage. And it's often used in sometimes getting something for a return when you know, we're talking about somebody's looks or appearance or accomplishments or, or things like that. Another form of manipulation is projection. It happens when a person claims an emotion that they're feeling, such as jealousy, but it's actually experienced by somebody else. For example, like a manipulative tendency might cause tension and drama, but they blame somebody else for creating that energy, you know, and that definitely can affect so it's like you're taking somebody else's emotion and trying to feed it for yourself and that's your way of justifying it another form is uh, moving a goalpost so sometimes no matter how much you show up for someone who manipulates they'll try to like change their expectations at the last minute to keep you running constantly towards their goals someone who moves the goalpost can set you up for frustration and exhaustion they explain that with manipulative people if you're you're never going to actually reach their goals and this happens i think i i have been exposed to this one quite a bit where you know you'll hold somebody accountable and it links in a little bit to towards those boundaries as well if you create a boundary and that person is constantly moving a goalpost for you you've you've set a deadline you've set a date and they constantly keep on switching that it, it feels like it's almost unachievable for you being the victim on that side because you know that it will never come to that. Like you're never going to be able to reach that or what it feels like, I think, when you're in that moment because the goalpost constantly changes, right? Can you imagine it's like your um, – Oh gosh, like I feel like it's like a, like a game, play, you know, like the cookie kind of moves along, but you like, you know, you'll never, ever get it. It's like almost having like a cookie on a treadmill and you're never going to set a speed where you're going to be able to reach it in or get it. It's difficult. I'm using a cookie as an example on a treadmill for manipulation, but I feel like that's a good example. It just means that, you know, when a goalpost is constantly moving all the time, when you're in that, it just, it feels almost exhausting, right? Because you know, you're never going to be able to make them happy. And that's ultimately what, you know, manipulation circles, circles into. Another one is love bombing. Manipulation can be through like excessive attention that way, showering you with gifts and compliments and affections and your time and all that stuff. That's, that's love bombing when those things happen. You have to be aware of it. Um, and again, it would link into more of like the flattery, like when they do that and then they have, they want something in return for all of that. Like, oh, I did this for you and I did that for you and I booked this and I, you know, and that, that's, that's love bombing when that happens. 
When you want to do something for another person, do it from your heart, speak from, you know, your place of joy and happiness. You're not doing things to get something in return. If you are, then you're a manipulative person, like, and you need to own that. And I think we can all, if we're fair and we're being honest, we're all probably, eh, I could be a little bit guilty of that. I know I am with my kids and stuff like that. And especially when it comes to, I mean, I love bomb them all the time, guys. I'm like, you'll get your phone back when you put your laundry away. Maybe that's being a little manipulative. I call it, you know, encouragement as well. But love bombing excessively when you have that guy or girl that's constantly showering you with affection and admiration and all of the stuff that's there, it definitely has the tendency to make you feel and it's like there you feel so good and you're all pumped up. But yet, you know, something's going to be required in your return. And when you don't return it, they make you feel guilty because they've done all of this nice stuff for you. So yeah, point being, if you're going to be doing all that nice stuff for people, don't do it with an objective on the other side that you want to have something in return. So that's it for manipulation that I've been able to sort of like what I, I thought would be useful and helpful in some examples and some real life situations. I really wanted to have this podcast. I know that these are longer episodes, but they're important episodes. I think that hopefully you have gained some information where you understand the difference between gaslighting, narcissism, and love bombing or manipulation, where it's just something to be more aware of, especially when you're being exposed, when you're trying to develop a healthy relationship. Again, these can be on a romantic level. It can be on a professional level. level. It can be relationships that you have with your kids, with your mom, with your dad, with your aunt, with your uncle, with your spouse, your partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. Um, it's important for us all to be aware about how we treat other people. What we project onto other people is so important. And how we act is a projection on how we expect people to treat back, you know, the way that we're projecting on to them. So meaning that you are treated the way that you teach people. So if you're constantly that person where you're complaining that you're exhausted, or, you know, people are not respecting you, or they're being abusive with your time, and not understanding your boundaries, just have a quick question and ask, are you reflecting to them how you want to be treated? Are you firm with your answers? Are you firm with those boundaries? Are you clear? Are you fair, friendly, and firm as a reminder to them? Because I can probably guarantee if you're struggling with some of that, it's probably because the way that you're projecting onto them is maybe not clear for them to understand be okay with, you know, getting a little heat when it comes to trying to set this up. It was one of the big and massive things that I had with one of the f like first early on coaches that I had in um, Brendan Burchard's uh, coaching program was they had asked me, one of the first questions was like, you know, what would be, you know, a, a more productive way for you to be able to understand and like run your day and I said, it was just like simple. I was like, get the kids on a schedule. Like, I'm just so overwhelmed. Like, I'm so overwhelmed all the time. I get up and like, I don't know if it's dinner time or if it's breakfast time or it's like what time, laundry time, like all the stuff. And they're like, 
So the most simple solution to this would be a calendar and boundaries. And, and that's what it is. I set boundaries all the time with my kids and um, with their dad and with my parents and with stuff. And sometimes people don't like me because of that. And that's okay because I'm okay with not being liked because I know that I love myself and I know that I'm coming from a place of like good intention and we need to stop overextending like ourselves where it's like you just can't do everything. You can't do everything at once. So that means that, you know, you have to put those boundaries in place in order to protect yourself. You cannot pour from an empty cup. You have to make sure that it's replenished and taking time out for yourself and putting these things in place is not a version of you that is nasty or wrong or any of that stuff. And I feel that maybe because, again, I'm speaking from the lens from being a mom and a business owner and a female where I often feel that sometimes I could feel quite guilty about those things because we're, I don't know, just raised in this environment where that love language is like, you know, making sure that everybody is okay and everybody is taken care of when the last person often that we're forgetting to take care of is ourself. So you combine that into different types of other people's self-projections, manipulation, narcissism, love bombing, whatever it is. And it all works its way into, um, you know, a life that I think would be bound to unhappiness. So here we go. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for the next ones. There's so much more coming up. I'm so excited. And make sure if you are interested in um, subscribing and getting yourself a seat to the brand new High Achiever course, we've got all of the amazing content that's up there now. It's on our website. So links will be posted in the show notes that's here. You can go online. It's rbfurnitureshop.com. Courses, you can get yourself uh, seated up there and we'll send you all the details, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I love having this platform, it's been amazing. And thank you so much, guys. And that is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Creative Influencer Show. I hope that you have gained some inspiration today and that you have left with your heart and your mind a little fuller. I love using this platform to chat, inspire, and discuss everything that lights my heart on fire. But a huge favor for your girl, Amanda, here. If you enjoyed this show, then please subscribe to this channel and share with two of your friends. Tag them on social media and tag us in, guys. Creating content for this platform is what brings me so much freaking joy. But I want to grow and I want to share these growth mindset concepts with everyone. And I can't do that without your help. So share, comment, and spread the love. Guys, until next time, may you find gratitude in every day, live your life to the fullest, and be courageous enough to conquer the world.